Hey, Lou. Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are particularly excited to have Tim Fiore with us, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Report on Business in the CISM series, because we're beginning to see some inkling, we hope, in Tim's report of the recovery. So, Lou, hopefully Tim will have some upbeat news for us. Yep, it's been an interesting month, a month of transition for sure. So is that the upbeat noise, uh, noise you were going to give us? <laughs> yep, that's uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, okay. You know, there's a lot of pluses on this report, on the, the manufacturing at a glance table. There's a lot of pluses. Uh, yes, there is. We actually just, went – you saw I that, right? See, yeah, it's, uh, actually, and I've always said this about uh, the Institute of Supply Management – that whatever all metals and forge group uh, sales numbers are for steel forgings is almost always in the same direction as the ISM report. I think yeah. only two or three times in the last 40 years, uh, and one of them I think uh, ISM had to apologize for, but I won't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think, I think I've heard about that. So yeah. of the 10 sub-indexes, you know, five of them make up the PMI, of the 10 sub-indexes, we had two expanding this month compared to only one last month. That's a positive sign. Right. Right. Okay, yeah, you want me to give you an overview? Yeah, why don't you give it to us? Well, first of all, why don't you start off with giving us the number? Oh, PMI came in at 53.1. Uh, up from 41.5, for plus 1.6 percentage point change. Uh, you know, generally that's about a 5% change, give or take. I mean, uh, it's it's was an interesting month. I, I you know my my uh, my analysis on this this morning uh, started with uh, it's another transition month for the PMI, similar to what we saw in March. In March, uh, the PMI number was 49 and some change, uh, but it really didn't reflect how the end of March ended and how we went into April. And uh, this is one of the issues with monthly numbers now in a very fast-moving environment where you have uh, cliff events like the virus was a cliff event. In the month of May, well, uh, at the end of the month of May, we had uh, a business panelist companies starting to return to work, the ones that were not non-essential. That were not essential. We ha- and we have quite a few who are essential. A lot of our panel were was returning to work uh, the last couple of weeks of the month. So uh, I'm not sure that we actually captured all of that. So it's a month of transition. I think that June is going to be a really interesting month here as we struggle to restart. And uh, and and but my biggest concern here, I have a lot of concerns. So so let, let me kind of start off with the demand side. So we have week, week new orders. Can I interrupt you for a second, Tim? Sure. Uh, I know I'm a pain periodically, but there's, uh, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into all of this, but I want to jump on it right away. 
uh, you know, you mentioned all the bad things that are happening, and I know the number that you have today at 43.1 has nothing to do with the uh, uh, unrest in the country and uh, the protesting and so on, because that only started a week ago, uh, which is, is quite disgraceful. Do you feel as though that at some point that's going to relate to numbers? I don't know that I would have an opinion on that, Lou, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, I guess it would depend on where that eventually ends up. Uh, I, th- I think there's, there's, I mean, there's lots of indications where you need to be careful where you go now in general uh, mode of commerce. You, you know, people have to be alert about where they end up. I mean, even in my own yeah. community here last night, there was issues in the downtown area. So yeah. but no, I don't know how that's going to impact the economy. No idea. Okay, good. All right, so let's uh, hit the report. Right, so you know, weak new orders and uh, weak new export orders, which is concerning because uh, Europe is is very weak and is going to con- continue to be very weak. You you can look at some of the numbers that uh, the declining numbers for Q1 in Europe they're really bad compared to the United States, and they're they're not as adept at stimulating their economy. So Europe is going to remain weak, which will keep a limit on our new export orders. The issues going on now in China that are much more comprehensive than just the tariff issues will probably have some impact on new export orders too. Uh, so, you know, on the, on the demand side, you know, the new orders are probably going to remain weak. Consumer confidence is down a bit. Our customer inventory number got back into the too low territory, which I normally like, but I think it's primarily there because of uh, liquidity management issues at the customer level and that people don't want to take additional inventory right now because they're not sure if they can convert it. And then that'll be an even more acute problem as we close June because June is a quarter close month. And then, you know, lastly, the backlog of orders is stubbornly stuck at 37, 38, in spite of the fact that production output was very weak, at, uh, very weak to near zero. So uh, I have a concern about that. Uh, and I'm concerned, longer term, I'm concerned about the, the overall demand returning. On the consumption side, uh, production recovery is going to be limited by the shop floor space that's available to use. And most companies now are restarting to some extent. They need to restart. They need to absorb their fixed costs. Uh, they're all restarting at 25, 35% levels. And they are all probably optimistic that they're going to be able to get to something approaching 80%. I think the last number I saw out of China was that they're now believe that they're at 80%, if you believe that. But after a couple of months of restart, now they just got to 80%. So, uh, I think we're going to be limited by shop floor space, you know, causing people to go to three shift operations. There's talk in the automotive community of already doing that because you can only put out so much per square foot per head, given the six foot distancing requirements in these facilities. Uh, supply chain constraints continue. The number got better. Well, it's still bad, but at 68, that's a pretty strong supplier constraint, but it was down from 76. Um, so I, I think right now the single biggest issue to production restarting is supply chain issues. I think a lot of those will get resolved in the June timeframe. Uh, when companies restarted, they all came back at once, which normally that's not what you do. You normally restart your supply base, get the material flowing, and then restart your own facility. But they all came back at once. So they're struggling with some suppliers, and uh, especially in the Mexico area, if you've got suppliers in Mexico, they're continuing to be hampered by the virus significantly, and the government there is dealing with the issue quite a bit differently than what our states are. So 
if you've got a supply base in Mexico, you're probably going to be hampered for a bit longer. And then, you know, finally, what's the true ramp up rate? When, when will they finally get to the right rates given the physical equipment that they have and, you know, make an assumption here that there's an unlimited amount of people. Uh, I, I think that's the big question. Are companies going to be able to get back to hundred percent of Q4 output? Uh, I would think not you know, without expanding their footprint. And I don't think anybody's going to do that for a one and a half to two year problem here caused by the virus. So, so we, we may end up at a level of output, even if we have a very strong demand, that's quite a bit less than what we saw at the end of 2019. Well, mm, right. That is, it's uh, sort of leaves us kind of speechless, uh, Tony. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well, uh, so yeah. there's positives here, right? So the positive is that people are returning to work. And, uh, and they'll be returning to work throughout the month of June. And I also believe that uh, we have the systems, companies have the systems in place to be able to manage that work uh, as they progress through June into July. I don't know that they're going to be able to hit the goals that they've set, but I don't think we're going to end up into another shutdown. I think uh, it's incumbent on, uh, upon all of us who might may be more at risk to take care of ourselves. And in the meantime, you know, factories have to continue to produce in order to have uh, livelihoods, people eating and, uh, and jobs. So, I think we're going to fight through this thing, and it's going to be interesting as we go. Uh, I think companies are relatively well prepared. Uh, so this is a combination of testing and tracing that are going to have to occur. I don't think factories are going to want to shut down every other day because they have a person who tests positive for a fever. And I, I think the month of June is going to prove all that out. So I think you know the good thing here is that people are returning to work. I think the production number will come up in June. I think the employment number will come up in June. I think supplier deliveries will probably fall back, which means that they're more sure on their feet and they'll be able to deliver what's needed. And what's needed may be uh, a little less than what people think is needed today. And you know, I think the inventory account here is growing not so much because of uh, expected demand in the future. It's really more around the, the supply chain uh, inconsistencies and people taking more material than they need just to have it and uh, companies not being able to convert that material into product because they're missing one or two parts. So there's a lot going on here in April. Uh, like I said, I think it's a transition month. Uh, I mean, May, I think it's a transition month. I think June is going to tell a, a, a good story, just like April told a good story on the declining side of the virus. Tim, uh, the food, beverage, and tobacco, uh, food in particular, uh, does your report or your comments from people in that sector give you any sense of where uh, food processing is in terms of beef, poultry, pork? Um, I know that they had to shut down their plants. They're going to be reopening their plants. But farmers may have had to put some of their cattle or pigs down, creating a void. Is any inkling of how that's going to ripple through the supply chain? Well, you know, we have we have respondents in, in all of those categories. Uh, what's what's interesting here, uh, if you look, we had corn, corn on our commodities that are down in price. They were, they were down for the second month in a row. So, you know, that that says to me that there's not a great demand for corn, which and and corn is a big feedstock, right, for poultry and for uh, cattle. So I think that right. uh, that's interesting. I, you know, you go into the stores yourself. I think in the last week or two. 
you see more product there than was there two or three weeks ago, which is encouraging too. Uh, food and beverage overall was our number one big six industry sector, uh, again, for uh, probably coming up on nine months, if not better. So not only was it doing better throughout the decline of the manufacturing economy uh, in half two of last year, it has done better during the whole COVID crisis, actually uh, on its own merit going over 60 in the March timeframe and then coming down. So I mean, right now it's still the number one industry sector. It's not expanding really strongly. Uh, it's been coming down since March. Uh, if you look at our top four industry sectors, which I, I like to look at the industry sectors because you can kind of feel them, uh, our computer electronics products and, and transportation equipment sectors both did better in the month of uh, May compared to June, uh, but still contracting. And our computer uh, chemical products and food and beverage and tobacco products actually did worse in the month of April from an absolute number standpoint. And, and like I said, only one of the four is expanding. Uh, lots of reasons for each of these uh, making their turns. Some you know, fundamental structural issues going on too, especially transportation equipment. I mean, I, I don't expect consumer aircraft to come back in the next couple of years. Uh, talk is of a 12 to 13 million unit automotive production in 2020, down from 16 and a half, which is pretty concerning. Uh, but there are some signs that the automotive companies uh, are seeing increased demand, and, and that'll be good for everybody. So uh, ke uh, chemical products, I was a little concerned about chemical products coming down like that. I think that probably has something to do with global demand, maybe, uh, maybe in Europe, maybe China not wanting to buy as many chemicals from the U.S., uh, and probably currency issues that are occurring also with the dollar being so strong. Well, thank you. Uh I'm afraid, I'm afraid to ask the question. You know, I, I heard <laughs> I heard all the uh, happy talk uh, about June and July and things are going to get better. Companies are going are going back to work, and uh, but I, I don't I don't quite see it that way. I I think that there's uh, uh, we're not done with uh, COVID virus, and certainly these. Uh, Demonstrations can certainly, in 30 cities, can certainly cause further uh, outbreaks, which means that companies uh, may wind up having to shut down again, uh, where they don't have enough people to work for them. Uh, I, I see this, you know, this is like the perfect three storms coming together. And uh, the EISM the report is reporting on the aspect they understand obviously the most it's the economic, but there's other issues that will affect the economic. Uh, so that's you know that's my two cents worth. Yeah, well that's good. I mean I I think you know, I think as people return to work, consumer confidence is going to get back. I mean it, it may not get back for you to go out and buy a new house. I mean I think the right. uh, new homes and. And existing home sales were very weak in April. Not a big surprise. Uh, right. Obviously, commercial real estate is going to struggle. Not a big surprise. Uh, commercial aerospace is going to be several years before it comes back. And there are a lot of other industries that have been impacted. Bars have been impacted severely. Uh, those will be the last to reopen. Uh, restaurants are coming back at a very low level, but they're coming back anyway. Yeah, I, I, think, you know, I, I think that, look, nobody's going to want to shut the economy down again. So we're going to have to figure out a way to deal with the virus in spite of that. I don't see – do you think, Do you see 
So, Lou, tell me, do you, do you see any governor shutting down his state again? Uh, I no, I, not if they want to get reelected. But they're not; they're being dictated to by an administration, and I'm not going to get political. But they're getting dictated to by an administration who told them this morning, the governors, that they've got to stand up and be strong. They are all weak. "Quote unquote." That was this morning. So, uh, are they going to do it no, again? They're still not going to shut down. I don't see them shutting down, and I don't think it's good for America, for industry, the whole no, country, I, to shut I, down I, again. So I think I, I, we got to figure out how to work through this. So, we got, and, and this is one of the constraints, right, to the growth. I mean, the, the, the factory people are distancing their employees and employees are, are making sure that they're being distanced. So there's a bit of discipline there and that that's going to lead towards a natural constriction on output. Uh, yeah. and, and nobody's going to reinvest to expand that output when this is a relatively short term thing, meaning two years. So we're going to have to learn how to get as much as we can out of the space that we have, given that we can only put X percent of people in there. And I, you know, I think that's, that's going to be three shift operations, seven days a week. I think people will be happy to do that rather than to be sitting at home uh, not making any money. I, I don't see the sure. additional PP, was it Payroll Protection Act, PPA thing, continuing yeah. very long. I don't see that driving through the end of the year and and disincentivizing people to go back to work. Well, and that's I think, only you know, the, that. Yes, well, that's somebody else. That's the future's problem, right, that that is. But, I just don't see them doing that because the amount of money that was put out to people who are let go is a disincentive right now for people returning to work. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I, even if we could afford it, I'm not so sure it's the right thing to do. Uh, but, you know, we still have to support people. And if, if the Fed and the administration hadn't done what they had done, this thing would be a lot worse. I mean, these numbers are nowhere near the numbers in the Great Recession. I mean, we hit 34, 35 for an extended period of time. We had seven right. months of under under 40 performance, I think. And we haven't hit under 40 yet. And, and this is a much more disruptive event, and it was much faster. Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. I wouldn't bet on it couldn't happen. Uh, I, I think that, you know, all the economists and uh, uh, forecasters and so on are kind of leaving the door open for almost anything. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to put all their money on one way or another. I mean, I, I talk to manufacturing companies and, uh, uh, you know, through the uh, All Metals and Forge Group, and, you know, pe- people are concerned. They're afraid to – they got the order. They're afraid to place it. Their customers placed an order. They're afraid to place it. Well, yeah, well so that's a, What's that? We'll we'll have to see how that pans out. Uh, I would agree with you, Tim, that no governor wants to go through another shutdown. Um, It's too traumatic to their own state economy, and quite frankly, I'm not sure they can afford it. Um, They're going to have to weigh this comeback and see how quickly they can recover and and get their uh, coffers back uh, balanced. I noticed this morning that Bayer, I'm sorry, Pfizer, just announced that they think they've got a coronavirus vaccine that could be approved and available by October, which is when everybody's expecting this to rear its ugly head again. 
uh, in the fall along with flu season and colds. So that may also help greatly that we're not going to get ourselves into duck soup a second time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just look at just look at the fundamentals. I mean, these this this the PMI subindex, it's a ten subindex. They really tell a good story, right? Imports at forty one, like I said, been sluggish for four months. I'm not sure that's going to come back because of the geopolitical issues, and I, I and that's a that's a foundational issue that needs to be solved, and it's going to be argued about throughout the whole summer, and we'll see what happens with the election. I mean, the, the whole global trade issue with China is is absolutely up in the air. So uh, and that also impacts our new export orders, which is demand. So uh, I think that's going to be tied kind of hand in hand with what happens with China. Backlog is a result of something. Prices at 41, up from 35, that means they're growing again. And the major demise in the price uh, structure actually occurred in, in the April time frame with the uh, March and April with the crude oil collapse. So the crude oil collapse is not driving that price up by five points. It's other fundamental things that are happening. Um, customer inventories, like I said, I think that's a liquidity issue. As things stabilize, that will solve itself. Supplier deliveries and inventories, I think, again, as things stabilize in June, that will solve itself, too. There's no doubt employment's going to come back in June. There's no doubt production's going to come back in June. And how much they come back? I don't know that they'll be 50-plus, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were high 30s or low to mid-40s. So the big question is really on the new order side at 32, and that that kind of drives everything. We, right now we have a supply chain-driven recovery here. Uh, hopefully by the time that gets fixed, there's enough confidence on the new order side for people to at least be uh, you know com- comfortable in buying things that you know maybe are not considered durable goods. So I think the investment side, as we said in our semi-annual release earlier in the month. Uh, the panelists believe that we're going to see a 19% decline in capital expense. Most of that is plant and equipment for our constituents, and that's down from a 2.6% decline that was forecasted in, in December of last year. So it's a pretty significant hit, uh, and that's going to ripple through the manufacturing community because a lot of our industry sectors support you know, durable capital good stuff. So but I think there's some, there's some good information here for June. Just look at the foundations, and I, you know, I think production is going to be up. Employment will be up. Supplier deliveries and inventories will will kind of ease a little bit. Big question is where, where is new orders going? Correct. We're not going to get a lot yeah. of help from overseas. No, that's for sure. Right, um, it's unfortunate. You're you're involved in the supply chain world uh, both on a daily basis and, and with the ISM. And with all of the activity and issues with China, now the coronavirus being the newest one, uh, how much do you expect or guess has moved out of China in terms of sourcing to other places, whether it's the USA or Vietnam or Thailand or India? You know, it's hard to put a number on it. Uh, you know, I think you can watch the export numbers coming out of China. Uh, they're concerning, but then again, are they driven by the fact that China was down for the coronavirus, preceded uh, you know, by the Lunar New Year? Uh, have they really fully recovered to 80% or not? Uh, you know, I, I think our import number kind of says that. We're either we're not placing orders for imports or they can't deliver import orders. If you go through the import comments, there's a Pretty strong indication at least 10% of the comments there are related to not being able to get product 
from uh, from mm-hmm. China. And you know, you know that on the computer electronics side, that's an absolute must at this point. I just I don't see us getting back into the capacitor resistor manufacturing game. You know, we're, we're this clearly we're looking to maybe get back into a bigger way manufacturing semiconductors and. That's uh, that's the IP really around all this, and that that's probably a good thing. Uh, yeah, so I I think we're we're a bit on our own. We had some comments in the report uh, that uh, you know I, I picked one out. This is you know I think this whole thing about nearshoring and offshoring has been going on for a year and a half, and I think it's going to continue to accelerate. Uh, you know my my comment from my machinery panelists said that they're looking at what really needs to be in China, and I think the what that really says is we're not going to put all of our eggs in one basket again. We're going to need to at least dual source. And maybe we want the right. China economic advantage, however great it is. Um, but we're, we're going to have alternatives because at this point it's much more complicated than just tariffs. But uh, you know, on the other hand, the nearshoring thing with Mexico, I mean, Mexico is, is uh, probably a, a pretty significant drag here for a lot of our respondents. Uh, they're, they're probably six weeks behind us in terms of the virus. And their government is dealing with this a lot differently than what our governors dealt with it. It's a, a much more significant, serious thing there uh, because of the hospital systems not being as developed as ours. So, so you know, bringing stuff back into Mexico brings its own risk too in the current environment, where the virus is still going to be running around the world for probably the next year to two years. But you know, I think we're going to yeah. continue to see a, a nearshoring onshoring activity here with some percent of what used to be purchased overseas. And then, you know, the election is going to drive a lot of that, right? If the incumbent (laughs) remains, then that will absolutely accelerate. Uh, And if the parties change over, it's, it's not clear what will happen there. It's not clear. Right. Right. Well, uh, wrap up this report and give us an idea of how, June might do, Tim, if you don't mind. I know that you've got other calls that you have to answer and shows you have to be on. Yep. Okay. So uh, a month of transition for sure. June will be, uh, I think, a much more uh, realistic number of uh, what the bottom looks like and, and the recovery from the bottom. We uh, our, our sentiment comments from our panel was two to one in May, meaning two not so positive to one positive positive, which was a 35% improvement from April, and we had three not-so-positive comments to one. So I think people are feeling better. Uh, I think the fact that prices are starting to come back up again is a a good positive indicator for the demand stabilizing and maybe growing. We we had uh, quite a few, all of our respondents are still more concerned about the revenue of their companies than their supply chain issues, which coming from supply chain issues is a pretty significant thing. It's the second month in a row that that's been that way. And uh, when that starts to see, uh, recede a little bit, then that will indicate that demand uh, is getting firmer and that their primary job of acquiring material will become paramount again. At this point, they're just trying to support the revenue plan. I think a lot of the panelist companies are going to build inventory in spite of the demand, uh, and they're going to build inventory – at a level consistent with a break-even point in their factories, even if they can't sell it. So I think they're, uh, you know, they're going to invest capital, quote, money into inventory rather than durable goods and R&D because they need to have revenue and they need to have billings. And at this point, that that means then that uh, lead times will shrink, and that uh, once demand does come back, they'll be able to satisfy that demand 
relatively quickly and take the sale. Uh, initial jobless claims continuing to decline, not very good. 40 million jobs lost over 10 weeks. I think the month of June will see that kind of reverse a little bit. But I will say that on the employment side, uh, a lot of our respondents are still looking at actively managing their headcount. And I believe they're transitioning from the furlough mentality that we saw in, in the March report to, okay, what's the right sizing of the company given what we know for the next year? And that's going to be most likely uh, you know, a series of layoffs. They'll turn a lot of those furloughs into permanent exits of employees uh, and, then, and then move on and start to rebuild. Well, we got a wonderful summer ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Yep. Let's just hope there's no hurricanes. That's, yeah, well, that's September right. October. Could be, could be. So, well, Tim, thanks, thanks for joining us. I know that you've got to run, and uh, we always appreciate you giving us the time and the detail behind this report. As always, we encourage people to go to Institute for Supply Management. Dot org to get a copy of the report or come to msgtalkradio.com uh, to get a link to the report. Uh, Tim, thanks again for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Okay, guys. Glad to help out. Thanks. Thanks uh, as well, Tim. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. Again, we'll be talking with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Report on Business, and you can find all of our shows, including this one, uh, off of the website Jacket Media Co., jacketmediaco.com, where you'll find links to all of the shows that Jacket Media produces, along with the magazine Manufacturing Outlook, which is due out about mid-month for June. And as always, we thank everyone for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at msgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.